Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Hello. And we're also joined by Maddie Key today. Hello, Maddie. Hi. We have one topic of discussion on the agenda today. And I think you know exactly what that topic of discussion is going to be. Of course, we are going to be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs being down 3 nothing to the Florida Panthers. That's coming up on today's episode, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we will talk a bit more about later. But first, before we get into all the uh, anger and um, ideas that we have and hilarity that will surely ensue, we do like to talk about what's happened in our week since the last time we discussed anything on this podcast. James, we'll start with you. What's been going on in your world? Dude, like nothing happened to me, although I wanted to ask quickly, like what is happening with Canada's Wonderland and teenagers? Like people are <laughs> no, just bro, getting... bro, bro, it's land. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. It's called land. All right. Let me put you on. What are you saying? What? These are, the, these are the TikToks I've been seeing about these kids who talk in weird Toronto slang, fam. All right. Let me put you on about land. It's called land. It's not called Wonderland, bro. Keep up with the kid lingo. It's nah, the but, biggest piece dude. of dog shit. Like, what does that even... I don't even know what that means. Like, okay. But what's happening? Why are kids getting arrested left, right, and center at, at land, bro? Like, what is happening? I don't know. I Fam. keep seeing like, the, like videos of Wonderland's open, and then it's just kids getting arrested. I don't even know what they're getting arrested for. How do you get arrested at Wonderland? By starting fights and stuff. Like, punching like, Charlie Brown. I don't, I don't know. These kids, like, think, oh, we can't get in trouble. So if we want to fight each other, and we don't want to do it at school so we get in trouble. So we'll do it in a public place. So just go, we'll go just get join, arrested. They don't understand how the world works. Go join an MMA gym. Like, do something, like, productive, constructive. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've just been freaked out watching, like, this place that I want to take my kid. People are just getting arrested left, right, and center. I'm like, why? Like, what else? Like, I don't know, man. Today's kids are the I was saying this even before. I, I've officially hit get off my lawn age for sure. Like 100%. Before the beginning of the year, and I have a TikTok account. I don't I do not do much on it. My algorithm, we've talked about this. My algorithm is just, used to be just tattooed women and bad omens. Um, but, uh, and now it's just like, I didn't know this until I was in my 30s or what? No way. I got a lot of that. Yeah, I got um, a lot of that too. Yeah, it was like we we're similar people. Um, but the uh, the kids, I, I heard at the beginning of the school year, there were like TikTok challenges where you had to like check off things off a list and they were the challenges. So one of them was like smack a teacher in the back of the head. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why? Like, Do this is what the, clicks, the internet. Th- dude, I've said this before. Idiots, the, every village used to have an idiot. And then the internet came along and connected each village idiot together. They were allowed to communicate. And now they all get together in one spot. Yep. And now there's just a lot of village idiots. So that was, that was my week was basically just going like, what the fuck is happening with, with the youths? The youths. The youths? I just, okay, so something kind of off topic, but not really. 
it's what Dustin let off with. I don't mind a little bit of slang. Like, I don't mind. Like, I still use some of the slang we had growing up, right? But what bothers me is the dudes who it's every other word out of their mouth. Like, the guys who fam every third word or something like that. Like, that drives me absolutely nuts. It's funny when people say, like, oh, you don't sound like you're from Toronto. It's like, what do you think toronto sounds like and that's that might be what they're talking about like that very well could be their impression or like their opinion of what someone from toronto sounds like someone who says fam a lot and instead of camelot fam a lot i'm sorry i had to (laughs) but what would that video game look like Lot. oh it's probably like leisure suit larry but back in like the 1400s but do you know what I mean? It's there's a guy um, that I guess like I used to see fairly often, not by choice. It was because like it was in like, like a group setting and literally every third word out of his mouth, he would finish off everything he would say to you with fam. And it got to the point where I'm like, dude, you don't sound cool. You sound like you don't know how to talk. It's one thing to have like I said, to throw slang out there every now and then in your vernacular. But when it's literally every third word, you're like, yo, what's up, fam? What are we doing today, fam? Yo, I went to the mall this weekend, fam. Like, you sound like an idiot. You sound like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I feel like it's it's an adult thing where at some point in your life, you hit that moment where you stop talking like you're from high school or you're in high school, I should say. And you start to just be a normal human being. But it used to be that way. They never quite get out of that. I'm wondering if that's going to be less and less. I wonder if less and less kids are going to grow out of that shit. Like intelligence more so now than ever. And I think we've seen this across many different silos of of life, whether it's uh, understanding or science or whatever intelligence is being devalued at every single turn you know what i mean like even even when we talk today a little bit about the toronto maple leafs there's there is a a blending of personal opinion facts feelings you know and i've always said like feelings don't care like or facts don't care about feelings and i'm not telling people that your feelings and what you feel like is not valid but facts sit above that. Do you know what I mean? Like facts are subjective. Your feeling or objective. Your feelings are subjective, and it, it drives me nuts, man. I know that's off the, no, the slang thing, but nuts, I think fam. it's. Pardon? Drives you nuts, fam. <laughs> right, but it's what's happening, right? People, people think because they feel something, therefore it's true. But like those things aren't explicitly connected. The so, problem is, is they misrepresent opinion as fact and it's not right. Yeah. They think you know? that because you have an opinion and you believe it, it's therefore factual, which is not the case. But the problem is, is there's a lot of corners of the internet that propagate that mentality. Yeah. A lot of corners of the internet that also use st- <laughs> really weird fucked up slang. Land. Like land. I mean, fam. Honestly, that that but might they're not be, wrong. I guess it is land. It is a uh, land. Yes, it is real estate of some kind. <laughs> but I think 
You know what's going to happen? Dustin's going to start bringing these all the time. Like these new slang terms that he hears. It's just going to make me really angry. And get me real tilted like, real quick. What are they going to What do they say instead of like Scotiabank Arena? You going to Arena, bro? You going to no, you going to bank? Arena. You going to Arena? arena. You going to bank? No, they probably just say SBA. I would be I so know. lost if someone came up to me and be like, "Yo, are you going to Arena tonight?" Oh. <laughs> so, I have I have a friend who around me he talks normally like an adult but when he's around his friends i'm very aware of how he talks and he sounds like an idiot and i've actually called him out because he <laughs> called me once and i was like what the fuck are you saying and he's like oh shit yeah and he's like forgot you're not from around here i was like no i'm above the age of 25 and i can think and string more than five words together that isn't the same thing repetitively imagine you guys want to go to a pizza place yo you mean me a pizza you mean a hut? <laughs> like, go get some za at the, the hut. Fuck. Okay, what about texting though? Now that's different. The, whoa, hold on, hold on. It depends. Hold on, it depends though, because like I might have jumped the gun here. As an adult, I now use regular words and punctuation and you know commas. Depends who now, it is. There is a particular person who's never going to fucking listen to this. It doesn't matter if I say their name or not, but she will send text messages in like the most ridiculous sentence. Like it, it, it takes me like honestly a minute to read over a sentence about four times. Is your mom almost understand what the fuck <laughs> is your mom? <laughs> not my mother. No, 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 nothing like that. Nothing like that. It's like, and she, like she just refuses to use autocorrect. Like, look, I don't. I have this like weird phone like tablet thing I got to use at work and there's a keyboard on it. Sometimes you got to send messages on it and there's no autocorrect built into it. So I realize that I'm not as good of a typer as I think I am with my thumbs. Autocorrect handles that shit. Now, a lot of times it's wrong, but it's there for a reason. Like this past weekend when I was trying to type in Carlito. Because Carlito showed up on WWE on Saturday night and it kept like autocorrecting to Carlton. I'm like, motherfuck. Like, no, Carlito. Anyways, just turn autocorrect on. Imagine Carlton. Imagine Carlton showed up like Alfonso Ribeiro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For those who can't see, I just did the dance. Not Puerto Rican, not involved in a storyline, but shows up nonetheless. But But yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't have autocorrect on. But I try my best to type in the most normal form of communication as possible. Depends on who it is, though. Like, if it's to Jim or whatever, or even you, Dustin, I'll fucking, like, certain things I'll short form, right? Or I'll, certain things I might, like, leave punctuation out. Like, your, I'll put Y-O-U-R-E, but I just won't put the apostrophe. Hey, that rhymes. But... You know, certain people, I know they're actually sticklers about it. Like, I have a friend, Krista, where she will flat out, like, rip my text apart if I leave out punctuation. But I know she does it to bother me. But I also know it bugs her when I don't. So it's like a game we play. So I got filled in at work for my messaging etiquette by my boss. Real good. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah he, he flat out told me to change the way I send messages because... I messaged like a millennial, so I said a thought every line. And he's he, he's he says, I'm on my phone calls, and I keep getting pinged, and they go, wow, you must be really important. And I told him, 
that's a good thing right <laughs> to look like you're important it's funny it's true you do do that though because i'll be playing like marvel snap or something and in the middle of trying to do something and it's like and then i swipe it away and it's swipe it away and it's <laughs> no, i do i i text like i msn message uh, message I know. I, I realized that I said message because I was going to say messenger, but that messenger is not a verb. So see punctuation. You, it's the difference between you, the difference between let's go eat out grandma and let's go eat out grandma. <laughs> and that's why it's important to use punctuation, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm never good with semicolons, so whatever. <laughs> but no. Yeah, um, how was your week? Me? How was my yeah. week? Yeah. Uh, okay so i had some dead time and so i decided to sign in and do some work on the weekend just like i let because zelda's coming out it's nice weather this week and generally i only work till like 12 o'clock on fridays no no no. listen i'm, I'm contextualizing zelda's coming out and it's nice weather those two aren't connected <laughs> no because i'm golfing so zelda's coming out on friday and i'm want to go golfing and usually i only work till 12 30 on fridays or like 12 o'clock but there's a lot of work going on right now. So I'm really, really busy. So I may not be able to do it. So I was like, Hey, if I can jump in today on Sunday, kid was sleeping. Wife was like, I really need to nap. I'm tired and whatever. So I was like, all right. I was like, I got some dead time. I'm going to jump in and do some work. None of that shit saved. And like I click save, I know it did. And it's a problem with the connection to like through our VPN into our like work servers and shit like that. And none of it saved. And this morning, boys, I lost my shit. Like I flipped out and I was not happy. Like the fist almost went through the laptop screen and like my boss, she, she was like, look, she was like, one, don't be signing in on a weekend. She was just like, you do what you can through the week. No one should be asking any more of you than that. And she was like, I get why you're doing it. But she was like, look, she's like, don't kill yourself for this. Right. She was like, you still take your Friday. Like, don't think just because there's all this, you know, the place will keep ticking. But, you know, I have, you know, pride in what I do. So none of it saved. And I, I was so mad. So well, I don't trust, I, I don't trust OneDrive. I don't trust any of that shit. Well, we can't use any of that. We can't like can't use OneDrive. No, because it's too risky. Oh, my God. So what do you save it on? Like a spinning disk drive? No, like we have like our internal network that's like a connected thing. So like even if I'm connected sounds to like, this, sounds like OneDrive. <laughs> yes and no, but like, <laughs> dude, dude, we have to go through like so many encryptions just to sign in. It's not even funny. But um, yeah, I that that was like the culmination of my weekend. Other than that, so one weekend a month my wife goes home to her parents because her parents work a lot and don't get to see the kid as much as like my dad does so she's like i'm gonna go home one weekend a month bring the kid and she's like also it gives you a chance to just chill and do whatever i was like all right you know what i did i stayed up till 3 30 in the morning watching cartoons on friday night and it was the best fucking thing ever when you say cartoons anime. what do you mean specifically anime uh-huh, that's not a cartoon fuck off it's not no it's not it's anime I feel like those are different things. He's got I feel a like point. when you say it's cartoon, animation. it's like intended for children. Yeah, I think I I think I think you have a point. No, I get it, but it's still animation. It's a cartoon. You're drawing, you're animating it. 
Well, I'm not discrediting any of the talent required for anime. I'm just saying when you say cartoons, I feel like people automatically assume like Cartoon Network, something you'd watch like as a child eating cereal on Saturday afternoon. Okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting you're just making me angry today. You're slang and then calling out anime. Whatever. I don't know. It's the I don't know. It's Dustin making you angry. <laughs> but yeah, so I stayed up till three thirty in the morning watching cartoons, and it was fucking amazing. And then I only I woke up at eight in the morning because <laughs> my wife was coming home early because she had her book club on Saturday, and they're all coming here. And I put the I we have like one of those extra like hotel locks on our door, like on our front door. Little chain thing. No, it's not the chain thing. It's like the latch thing. So when you open, it's like the hard bolt thing. The deadbolt. Yeah. So I accidentally closed that. And so she's in the morning. She's trying to open the door and can't. And she had to call me and woke me up. And I was just up. So then I went golfing. So that was pretty much my week. Well, Dustin? I don't know about you guys, but I went to see Guardians of the Galaxy this weekend. Volume three. And I really liked it. I should say really liked it. I enjoyed it. And I think there's a lot of really cool nods here and there. And I mean, I don't think James Gunn. I don't think they're going to realize how much they're going to miss him until he's gone. I think he did a great thing with the Guardians and Disney really messed this whole thing up, honestly, (laughs) like, like just. Be totally honest, like from firing James Gunn and then bringing him back and like Batista saying he doesn't want to do the movie unless James Gunn's there. And now obviously DC has swept him away to be their Captain Feige. I'm curious to see how these DC movies end up under James Gunn. But anyways, it was a cool send off and I don't want to spoil the movie, but I enjoyed it. So go see it if you are a Guardians fan. And then, of course, Backlash was on Saturday night. James, did you watch any of Backlash? Uh, I didn't, but I kind of followed along on social media. Um, And we can get this out of the way, like, real quick, like, from my perspective. One, what they did for Puerto Rico is counterintuitive to anything they've ever done for anybody in any hometown ever. And, like, it makes sense. Not that they've never done it, but what they did for Puerto Rico, like, that's what they should be doing every time they have the, the opportunity. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's so much fan service for for those people so that they can leave with a memory like like that's what it's about like i remember when zach Ryder had the chance to win the ic title in long island and they jobbed him out <laughs> like, like and he was built up to win and they jobbed him out and i'm like they, like why it's it, it almost for a while there became a very vince mcmahon and vince got blamed for it. i don't know if he's exclusively the guy who said but it was like it was almost like a meme right like oh yeah Guys, in his, he's jobbing. He's in his hometown. It's like, oh, we're in Oklahoma tonight. You know what that means? Jr. is gonna have to pull his pants down. We're gonna kick him in his ass. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> Why? It's just he's a commentator. So, what are we doing? <laughs> it's just so weird. So having you know Carlito and Savio Vega, and um, who else was it? Was there someone else? Well, well, Selena Vega as well had her match with. Uh, she lost, but like it was still a moment. great showing for her and. Yeah, to bring back Carlito and Savio Vega, and they're all wearing like this the uh, LWO Puerto Rico inspired LWO yeah. shirt. Like, just just nice touches, you know. Right. And they they put out a press release today of how it's like the most profitable backlash they've ever done. Of course, the number one selling merchandise. Because they've never been to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. 
LWO shirt. It's like, well, obviously. They said that about Clash of the Castle. It's amazing what happens when like, you, you understand what your audience wants and then you give it to them. Or, or when you don't go somewhere every other week and then go there. Like Clash of the Castle is the best. Blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, because you haven't been there in 40 years or something, right? Like, look at AEW and their, their ticket sales for Wembley. Like 60,000 tickets. Of course, because they don't get shit. So the, the one thing I was going to touch on, though, is they really fucked up the bloodline story like it's i was texting a buddy about this like real quick my quick armchair we're gonna do a lot of armchair shit so this is my intro to armchair um armchair booking what i would have done is as soon as uh kevin sammy won those titles i would have moved them far the fuck away from the bloodline had pretty deadly show up the next night start a program with these two indie vets versus these two indie guys who had great success in NXT would have been fantastic matches. Then I would have had the Usos arguing over whose fault it was. And I would have the whole Roman not showing up thing and them doing singles, trying to prove that they're better than the other and challenging for the IC and like getting mashed by Gunther. Like I would just, I would do something to stop Gabby until the next beat in that story. But oh, throwing, man. throwing I- Riddle into there makes, and and continuing the Sammy and Jay and Kelly, like, it's now it's now embarrassing. What if I, I want to jump off your idea? What if it was all of them saying, "Hey, I want to prove that I'm you know worth being in the bloodline or whatever." Solo goes out and he wins the U.S. title, and then Jimmy's like, "Okay, fine, fuck, fine." All, he goes out and wins the Intercontinental title. It's like holy shit. It was Jay gonna win? And then Jay goes and wins the World Title Tournament. Or right. whatever, you know, like you, you figure out a way to get all these guys. But what doing if Jay realized like, what if Jay then challenges Roman again? That's how he challenges him. He's like, those are like I'm doing that. Right? There's there's fifty more interesting ways to do it than they could have done it. And listen, I like Matt Riddle as a worker. I don't know about his personal life. Um he's always good to me, but I'm never gonna comment on his his outside of work stuff because I don't know what's true and what's not. But he does not belong in that storyline. Like he's a fish out of fucking water in that in that storyline but we digress what i will bring up though interesting with the backlash thing being in puerto rico and then their next event is in saudi arabia uh their next event after that is money in the bank you know where that is the uk that's in london england yeah at the o2 i believe and then SummerSlam is a deviation from this whole thing where they're in detroit but they're in the stadium in detroit so it looks like they are trying to make all of these events a big deal, which is something they never did before. Before it was like, here's WrestleMania, and then here's Royal Rumble and SummerSlam Survivor Series, and then here's all this other shit, right? I think they're trying to make every single one of them an important thing, and, and so much so that their travel website on lo- – it's not their website, but like the company that runs their travel program on location, like they have travel packages right now up for Money in the Bank and SummerSlam and WrestleMania 40. So I bet in a month from now, whatever the September pay-per-view is, there's going to be a travel pack for that. Because well, there was green, one for Puerto Rico, too. Like they're, green they're shirt trying guy to get is, all, green all shirt guy is yeah, investing. He's got, he's got stock in, in that company. So the travel company. Well, I think what we should do before we dive right into the Toronto Maple Leafs and everything that's going on with them we need to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. 
sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. Now, I was watching a friend of the show, Steve Dangles, uh, Leaf fan reaction after that loss last night. We were recording on Monday night, the day after the Maple Leafs lost. Lost game three, for the record, because they've been doing a lot of that losing lately. And one of the things he said was, which I thought was funny, he's like, nope, we're not doing it. We're saving it until they officially lose the series. We're not going to go into the... He didn't, he didn't use these words, but essentially, like, we're not going to the autopsy of this team because they're still in it. I think all of our opinions are quite the opposite. We're fuck it. It's done. I don't care that it's not officially over. It's done. So uh, on this program today, on this episode, we are going to the autopsy of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They have lost a series. Dude, it's call over. me call me a clown. If they come back, call me call me a moron. Call me a clown. So, like uh, Twitter, unload. Say you 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 sold you sold them up the river. You call you counted them out. Shame on you. Egg on your... Dude, I'll take every... 46 eggs. Throw them on my face. I don't care. But, dude, who is... Maddie, you know this. Who is the coach? They are who we thought they were. I was muted. Lovey Smith? <gasps> they oh. are who we thought they were. <laughs> As my, he's typing it in right now. He has no idea. I Dennis find that Green. Cool. Dennis, Dennis Green. Green. Yeah. Who the fuck's Dennis Green? You the coach of the uh, Arizona Cardinals at the time. Okay. I'm going to find it. Yeah, you keep going. Yeah. But, so the reason why we're saying this series is over. Four times in the history of the NHL, four times a team has come back from being 3-0 down in the playoffs. And you know what? Maybe there's a sliver of hope because one of those teams was the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Yes, in it like was in 1940s. <laughs> Some it was 1942, yes. But the Toronto Maple Leafs have done this previously in 1942 where they came back and they won the Stanley Cup in that, in that series. It also happened in 1975. It was the New York Islanders over the Pittsburgh Penguins. 2010, the Flyers over the Bruins. That's fun to talk about. Bruins losing. And in 2014, it was the Kings over the Sharks. That is it. Been four times in the history of NHL this has happened. Do you know, just off the top of your head, if you can guess, throw out a number how many times this has happened in Major League Baseball? Two. Maddie guesses two. Never. Because I know I know the Red Sox did it to the Yankees. And then well, the, Red Sox, the, World Series. the Red Sox did do it to the Yankees in the 2004 ALCS. Yeah, I actually I think you're right. They did I think the Red Sox actually did it twice. Twice. Two. The answer is one. Oh, it happened Sox, one yeah. time. In 2004 ALCS with the Red Sox over the Yankees. Can you guess how many times in the history of the NBA a team has ever come back from 3-0? Both gentlemen donuts are putting up a, a donut sign, if you will. James is looking through it, the, uh, the <laughs> hole in his hand. Maddie's making binoculars now. It is zero. 
It has never happened in the history of the NBA. It has happened one time in the history of Major League Baseball. And I guess fortunately for the Maple Leafs, if you want to look at any any uh, bright, shiny <laughs> glimmer of hope, it has happened four times in the history of the NHL. And oh. the Leafs are one of those teams that have done and it. two fairly memory. recently, actually, if you think recent history. Yep. In recent history, it was 2011. No, no sorry. 2010. And uh, 2014. By the way, so I found Dennis Green happened recently. when we're ready. <laughs> what? I, I found Dennis Green when we're ready. It, like Dustin, I, if you hear the quote, you would know exactly. He's, it's the coach, the old coach of the the Cardinals talking about the Bears. Right. Here, hang on. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Let them off the hook. Thanks, coach. Thanks, coach. <laughs> Thanks, coach. <laughs> but yeah, dude, oh, that's man. that's that's what it comes down to. We sat, and I don't know how you want to go about this. We have two little mini segments where we ask people, you know, I put out on Twitter what they would do, and maybe we'll get to that later with this team. And then I, I pulled yeah, some because tweets. There's a, yeah, there's a couple things I want to jump off with that of yeah. what to do. And tonight is the draft lottery as well as we record. So but there's that. We asked the question on last week was it, la- it was last week's episode what is this team in the second round we don't know what they are but they are who we always thought they were they're the team that played the canadians they're the team that played tampa they're, they're the team, team that played, the, that played the, jackets. the jackets that's the team these guys haven't changed because that's who they are they're not competitors they don't have, dude. I'm watching the Florida Panthers, and I'm watching Sam Bennett, who we've said would have loved on this team. Matt Kachuk, who I stand by. Listen, I remember, and I got laughed at, and told I was a fucking moron. And before this year, when I said I would trade any one of those three other than Austin Matthews for Matt Kachuk, straight up. Laugh at me now. That guy is the prototypical playoff player. Care care not what you think about his style of play, what he tries to get, it doesn't matter. He's effective, and he plays every shift. And got Anton Lindell, Sam Reinhardt, these guys, Matty was right. The forecheck is relentless. They don't take a shift off. None of them. None of, Zach Dalpy doesn't take a shift off. I fucking forgot Zach Dalpy existed. You know? It's, oh. I'm going to lose it if I keep going. I'll, I'm going to stop. I almost feel like the Maple Leafs needed a head coaching change, and how great would it be to have a coach like Paul Maurice? I wonder what that would be like. Honestly, I would not be surprised if there <laughs> is a coaching change. Like, legitimately, I know, like, you're joking. We'll, we'll, but yeah. If we'll, yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, I think there is, yeah. But the game itself, the series so far, if you look at... <sighs> I hate calling them the core, but I mean, that's what they are. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and I hate throwing JT in this because I don't think he deserves as much heat as the other guys because he's he's older. He's not the prototypical skilled player that those guys are, um, especially at this point in his career, but he's making a ton of money. And in and around the same cap hit as everyone else, except Nylander, who's making less than everyone else. So you kind of have to put him in there. So let's whatever Tavares, Nylander, Marner, Matthews combined zero goals, 
so far in this uh, in this series. It was by far the best game we've seen from David Kampf, who can't ever be your best player on the ice. That no. that can't happen. Not and with who you have on the roster, dude. Someone was saying on Twitter, Sam Lafferty and David Camp are doing laps over Marner and Matthews, and they were. It was Hayes. Yeah, it was was it Brian Hayes? Yeah. Do you think it's at all possible that when they eventually get eliminated, which they will probably on Wednesday night, which is also another fucking thing of why the NHL is making us wait this long? Let's just play this game tomorrow. What the hell are we doing here? Just get over with. The Leafs will be eliminated on Wednesday night, and when they are, is it at all possible that it comes out, okay, Austin Matthews is going for surgery, he has a torn ACL, he's been playing with it like that. Mitch Marner has like a blown out back, and he's going to go for surgery. Um, William Nylander needs a brain replacement for all his boneheaded decisions. I don't know. Whatever it is. like If there's going to be a whole bunch of reasons as to why these guys are performing the way they are, that makes you feel better, right? No, everyone plays through shit. Yeah, I mean, again, we'll get to it in some of the tweets and stuff. So then we'll, we'll, I think there's some takes there that we can carry forward on some of these thoughts. They, they looked fine going into the playoffs. And I know everyone kind of looks fine going to the playoffs. I don't think the Tampa Bay series was as punishing as years previous. I mean, it didn't look like it, at least from our, like from the eye test, it looked like, the Leafs doled out more than they have previously, and I don't know if that's what makes it look like less, but I don't... Here's the thing with... <laughs> here's the thing with Marner having to be injured. You'd have to be engaged to be injured. You'd have to be in the play to get injured, right? I I could see Matthews being injured. You know, he's he's in, he's had that hand problem or wrist problem this year, and he could have aggravated it for sure. But the other guys, give me a break. Those guys aren't crashing and banging. And that's where that's where you play through things, right? I don't... It, what, like, point to me the point and the part where Marner could have got his back hurt or knee hurt or anything hurt. Right? I can't point to a play. No, I no. can't either. I'm, I'm just, just hoping... I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just... Is that know. a reason why this is the way it's going? I, it's just so hard to understand, like, what has happened to this team? Well, I mean, from a micro perspective, Maddie hit the nail on the head going into the series. The way the Leafs were going to win was to counter the forecheck and turn odd man rushes into scoring chances for the Leafs. And they did that in the Camp and Lafferty goal. But the problem is their defense isn't good enough to make first passes out of the zone. And the wingers are so lazy to, to come back and, and contribute on the on the back check to to move the puck out of the zone on those odd man rushes. It's just it's just bad. It's so it, they're like this is the thing. They're getting a lot of chances. Right? And we have to give credit where credit's due. Bobrovsky's decided he knows how to play hockey again. Like you I, I know that's you are kind of making excuses, but let's be honest. Game two Bobrovsky won them that game, right? Like it was a really terrible 48 seconds that lost them that game. And then for the rest of it, Bobrovsky just hang on. He made 30 saves in the back half of that game. That's insane. And not just bullshit little saves. I don't know. A lot of pucks seem to be hitting him in the crest. And I, I, right. But like how much of that is the, 
the Florida D funneling pucks to a certain direction because it's not just, you know, they're shooting them at Bobrovsky. You know, you sure shoot into your lane. Sure, but you're supposed to have an elite offense, and that Florida defense is not not supposed it's not to their be their defense though it's their forwards that are contributing to their team defense is something that this hours doesn't do on the top end um i think that it's it's baffling that guys just check out like this that after everything that's happened and everything that's been said and especially going through the first round and kind of getting through that and you know you go right back to just coasting now Obviously, it's not over, and Dustin said it off the hop that there's, you know, been instances where teams have come back. Do I think it's going to happen? No, no, it's is it is it possible? I mean, yes, you could argue that a less talented LA team in a harder conference at the time did it, or sorry, a less talented LA team in a harder conference did it at that time. So, I mean, do I think that they'll lose Wednesday? No, probably not. I think this is probably over in five maybe six but it's just it's and i said this i said this yesterday hold on i was just gonna say that's probably the most embarrassing performance from austin matthews and mitch marner we have ever seen because especially marner because there is a highlight pack of him trying to dangle people behind his own fucking net to get the puck out the second someone comes near him, he coughs it up. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? He's scared yeah. shitless out there. Scared shitless again. And again, I don't know where it came from. I don't know how it happened. The boogeyman must have visited him at night in his sleep or something. But he is right back to being scared shitless. And it's, you know, the, I don't even know how to, how to communicate it anymore. Other than it just comes down to heart and will. They just they just don't have it. Two things can be true. These guys can be incredibly skilled. World-class skill. It doesn't mean you have what it takes to make it in the playoffs. It just doesn't. Like, those two things aren't the same thing. And unfortunately, with the composition of this team, you can't have four guys who can't go the extra step, who can't go the extra mile. In order to have won this series, these guys would have had to play the type of hockey where they break it down by saying, we're going to win every shift, right? They can't do that. They can't even break it down to win like one game at a time. These guys needed to go down to the shift level because of Florida's work ethic, and they, they just couldn't match it. They can't. It's work ethic is what it is. I just don't understand how when your team is fast as who Toronto's supposed to be, how you can let a cycle go on like that for two and a half minutes. Yeah, that just drives me nuts. Right. Um, I also think too, like, and again, I'm not obviously making excuses, but something that really bothered me last night was we all joked when we saw Wes McCauley was refing that game and the Leafs got zero power plays. How in a game like that do you get zero? That's impossible. That was a very odd stat. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Like, I know it's, it's like I said, I know it's making excuses and whatever, but one power play changes the flow of a game completely. But also don't leave it in the hands of the rest, right? Like that's the old adage of, of every coach yeah. and, and everybody. And the other thing I want to say too is I don't ever want to hear that these guys are kids. 
I don't ever want to hear Tavares say it's a learning experience. I don't want to hear it anymore. No, I don't want to hear. Si- well, they're six year vets. Take this back. You know, these guys are young. They're still le- not. You're right. Six, seven year, almost decade in the league. Mm, you're a vet after it. four. <laughs> not it. Yeah, that's not not what I want to hear. So let's. So there's a couple other things coming out of this game. One, Samsonov, we have no idea what the injury situation is. Are you confident? (laughs) I'm laughing as I'm saying it because it doesn't fucking matter. The series is over. But let's pretend that they did have a chance to come back here. Would you be confident in rolling with Wall or are you throwing Matt Murray into the net? Wall, 100%. If you're... Murray hasn't played a game in two and a half months, and when he did, he was terrible. Well, because if you're looking ahead and looking big picture, give the guy the experience. Let the guy take his lumps now and come back at camp and and see what he's got. Um, I think, you know, and again, we'll go through the autopsy. There's flaws in the makeup of this roster that need definitely need to be addressed okay but could you now obviously it wasn't your decision or my decision or anyone any fan's decision this was a decision made by kyle dubas and brendan shanahan that they were going to acquire matt murray isn't this the exact situation why you acquired matt murray yes and no you acquire him with the intention that he would at least play half decently that you feel comfortable putting him in in the playoffs yeah, I but think he's won expect- a Stanley Cup before. Yeah, I think they expected him to go on like a run, though. I mean, how many games did he play this year? Fifteen. Is gonna be my guess. Matt Murray played twenty six games this year. Samsonov played forty two. And what were Joseph Murray- Wall played seven, Delgren ten, and Jet Alexander one. <laughs> so the I think the numbers on Murray he had a sub nine hundred save percentage, and I think he had like a four something goals against average. Uh, not quite. It was nine oh three for Matt Murray goals or save percentage. Goals against was three point zero one. So he would be dead Sparkling. last on the team for that metric. <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, Shelgren played ten games and Wall played seven. So and Wall had in those seven games, what was it like a nine some like a nine nine thirty two? Yeah. So I mean, honestly, I I don't even think that the two goals were necessarily Wall's fault. Like that tip was a crazy, like as a throwing the puck on net, it tipped twice and it goes in. I mean, let's be real. No goalie is really going to stop that. And then the breakaway was just an absolute clusterfuck of a give up. That's Justin Hall's fault. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing. At what point, and I, I know we, we belabored this very heavily before, but there's no logic to having him on the ice anymore. Well, like, on that on that goal, I was li- reading a, a tweet from Rachel Dory, who's everybody's favorite tweeter. Um, but she was right on this one. The rule is when you're on the penalty kill and you're establishing a forecheck on the penalty kill, you as a defenseman never go outside the dots because you're giving up the inside of the ice. Um, or sorry, you never go inside the dots because you're going to give up something up the middle. And he did. And he let uh, Duclair behind him because he, he was out of position. And it's like... That's like rudimentary shit for NHLers, and he just whiffed. 
big time on it. There's a video of it. It looks it looks real bad once you start watching it. You're like, yeah, if he was in position, that goal wouldn't happen. There's a lot of video in Justin Hole being <laughs> out of position. You know, it's just I, I there's, you can't make an argument to have him out there anymore. Even if you want to go to eleven and seven, he's not your seventh guy. Like, yeah, there's. There's an inherent problem with the guys on this team carrying the puck way too long. And I think you, you talked about Marner holding the puck behind his net. Justin Hall, for some reason, feels the need to carry the puck through the neutral zone all the time. If William Nylander has the puck past the red line, it feels like 15 minutes before he gets tries to get rid of it or tries to make a pass or anything. Um, he looks like 94 Pavel Bure out there just trying to do loops around everybody. Uh, it's It just looks like peewee. It's it's a it, I don't know, man. It. I wonder if part of its guys just get so nervous in that moment that they just try and do too much. That or they're frustrated. Like, they're like, oh, I'm gonna fix this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think Marner's not. I wouldn't say Marner because that was really early in the game. It was like his third shift, and he's fucking trying to like dangle between his feet behind but his like, own net. Yeah, but like Nylander in game two, everyone was raving about his third period. But Or was that in the first two? But I don't even care. Like, rave about his third period all you want. He wasn't making plays for anybody else. It was it was him holding on to the puck for so long. And that's great. But, I mean, utilize your other players. Like, bring people with you. Like, figure it out. There's There's five of you on the ice. You know? It's... He's not going to win the game. It's 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 plain and simple. No, I I get it, but at the same time, it's like by him, you if there's anybody on the ice when they're hot or playing well or in a groove, you want them to facilitate a little more, and you trust his vision on the ice. Like obviously, we're he's seeing not overhead. Hot. He's not in a groove. He's zero goals and minus one with one assist. No, but I'm saying in that third period, he legitimately did dominate that third period himself in terms of creating chances, creating opportunities. And because through what he was doing by funneling pucks to the net, like he hit three posts in that third period. Yeah. And I mean, closes only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, right? So, right. But what I'm saying is, is you're like, Oh, bring people with you, but he's creating chances. He's getting the puck on net. He's keeping the puck away from Florida. He's getting them tired. Like it's more than just turned it over and they went the other way and scored. Not in the third. Like, we're talking about that third period. Right. Right? Like, obviously, players are going to make mistakes early in the game. It's nice to see that he said, okay. He wasn't good enough to get it done. That 90% of people in the instances like that don't. Exactly. I mean, no, but what I'm saying is, is the expectation is that in that moment, he should like he should have yes we all hoped he would have but at the same time is you can't say that this guy gets the puck and if he doesn't score it's a failure because no i'm that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is they should have collectively figured out together how to make that work it's not going to work on the back of one guy you get like i think it's facetious to call it dominating when you're the only one holding on to the puck like a team is is more than just you and you're never going to score X amount of goals to get your team back by just you holding onto the puck. It's it's a but false. He wasn't flag. just holding onto the puck though. He was moving it around. He was he was p- 
passing through the D. He was getting into the zone. He was onto the four check. He was shoot get like I said, he hit three posts. He was funneling the puck on net. He was creating rebounds. He was creating opportunities. Like at the time, it's getting everyone involved isn't necessarily just, oh, let's pass the puck and look like the Harlem Globetrotters for 20 fucking minutes. Oh no, not at all. But I mean it's the same way the other way. Like it's it it can't it can't be a one star show. But then the whole argument then of us us shitting on Marner and Matthews for last night goes out the window then because you can't say it's all on one guy or two guys for that matter on this team sport. No, it's not. It's on the the four guys that are supposed to do that as a job that haven't right. in three but then, games. It, then you at the same time then is what you're saying though is Nope, it's only on four guys. The rest of the team doesn't matter. No, but the uh, the rest of the team has shown up. That's what we're saying. I mean, that's, not that's really. Ryan O'Reilly very clearly gave one of the most egregious giveaways almost twice yeah, and that's, in the span you know of what? three minutes. Yeah, and that was his worst game in the playoffs so far. Absolutely. But th- those four right, guys have shown up. the expectation is different, right? Yes. Like, there's guys who are expected to do more than others. And that's why I think the heat is on Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, because their expectation is higher. They have a higher level of responsibility to do a higher level of job or a different job than the rest of those guys. You're not expecting guys like Camp and Lafferty to to do that, but they are. I mean, to a degree, we're expecting Kerfoot. I like. I mean, he's got a goal. The fucking guy didn't score for like 30 games in a row. Has a goal in the series, right? Like. The guys showed up last series, for sure. But you like one series in seven years. Like that's no, I, that's I agree. But record. I'm just saying to to say that Nylander wasn't doing anything in game two in the third period is like grossly incorrect. Well, anything of anything of tangible value at the end of it. No, because then you're discounting anything any the other team has done. Like, you're pretty much just saying it shouldn't have mattered who it is that he should have done this. Like, you have to give, like I said, credit to the goaltending and the defensive responsibility for the rest of the Panthers. Like, it's not just saying that because he just didn't score, then therefore he was terrible. He's had one fantastic period out of nine. Congrats. I would say that Nylander did look like he was actually engaged at the end of game two. I would 100% agree with that. Um, whether or not he scored a goal or not, I don't think, I think Maddie's right. That shouldn't like determine whether he had a good going in that particular moment. Um, that said, there's a lot of times where I've seen Nylander like come down, the, come down the boards and do a dipsy doodle spinorama and have a wide open path to the net and just decide not to shoot because he wasn't even, his head wasn't even turned in that direction. Like he had no idea that he was wide open in that moment. It's moments like that where so many people are just like banging their skulls against the wall where it's great what vision are we doing here. Well, great like vision. the the frustration, I said this to my wife watching the game last night, the frustration with Nylander is the dude has the skill set to be a top 10 player in the world. Agreed. Like, and, but has nothing else, nothing else that a top 10 player has. No, and, I think what Maddie's saying is that like he has no, the potential. I agree. To be very good. I agree. He has the skill. He has nothing else. Nothing else that makes top 10 players top 10 players does that man have. No, I think he does. I think what he's missing is the work ethic aspect in terms of on the ice. I think he has 
fantastic hockey IQ, probably much higher than 99% of the rest of the league. I think then he, like I said, his skill set, if he has like, he, like I said, has the potential to be a top 10 player in the league. The problem is, is mentally he just checks out. Yeah. And so work ethic and mental mentality. To, yeah. No, well, no, but sometimes that comes down to coaching. Like you need to, you need to understand, you need to understand who your guys are and how, like what, what motivates all of them. What but that's, but do, he's, he's, Keith's been coaching Nylander for years. Sure. They have a relationship where Keith, has, as far as I know, has been asked by Nylander for said tough love. So, I mean, what more that's do you not need? something I've ever heard, but. Whatever the point is, all I'm saying is there has to be something to motivate these guys to do whatever it is that needs to be done. The cop? And what it. What it takes to motivate Nylander might be different than what it takes to motivate Marner and might be different than what it takes to motivate Matthews. Right. They but all then, need motivation. Everyone needs motivation. But right. you have to figure out what those things are to each of those individual players. And yes, Sheldon Keefe should have figured that out by now. Right. But if Absolutely. what I'm saying is if if the cup is not your motivation, then don't like, don't be on the team. That's not the point because you no no because there, that's the end goal and that's what everyone's final goal is yes but the motivation to get to that goal is what you need to figure out some Winning. guys need some guys need to be yelled at by their coach some guys need the silent treatment some guys need to be pinned to the bench some guys need to be played more to show that you have faith in them there it's just there's different ways to work I with don't different think, people it's big picture think, little picture moments sure yes uh, but I don't think you have four guys with so much responsibility and expectation where you need that. Like, I don't, I don't have, know. No, you have 22 guys who need that. Every single player on that team needs to be motivated. Every single one of us needs a reason to get out of bed in the morning. We all need a motivation. Now, obviously, yes, I would rather, I would like to live. And so I need to feed myself, right, and drink but, water and all these things. Those are the little things that go along the way. I'm saying you need to find the reason to do all those things. For I sure. I don't know if, where that's gone for these guys. Right. What I'm saying is for a lot of players in this league and for a lot of successful teams, the motivation is winning in and of itself. I don't know that it's like that for these guys. No, no, in big picture, yes, it is. Like they're not playing the game if they're not motivated by winning. But what Dustin's saying is through shift in and shift out, game in and game out, that in the micro moments beyond just the, oh, it's the cup, guys need a different push or different motivator in certain moments. If it goes like that for every player, every athlete, in every shape or form. I don't because players, but like even if you talk about like if you're a manager at work and you have to like manage five people, like I could go up to one guy and like do one-on-ones with them every single day and try to keep track of what they're doing, but that might not be beneficial to them. They might be like, "Yo, leave me alone. I can do my work." Okay, fine. But then there may be another employee who's like, yeah, I need that extra bit of attention or I need that like list of to right. do's in order for me to be successful guy, in my job. And that's when the guy what that coach says, needs to right. do. And when the guy says, leave me alone, I can do my job and then doesn't do the job, then what do you do? Well, then you have to figure out right. what the actual motivating factor is. Or you that fire the them. Job of the head coach. Or you fire them. Or that too. And right? That's, thank you. Thank you, James, because that is my next point. My next point and the next segment here is what do we do with this roster as it is currently constituted? 
what do you want to see this Toronto Maple Leafs team look like one year from, well, maybe not necessarily one year from now, by the time the season starts in October, because the season is over as of now. Um, here's the thing. The draft lottery is tonight, so we don't know who is going to have the first overall pick. But I was just on this fancy little website called tankathon.com, which is a hilariously awesome name. And they have a little uh, lottery simulator. So every time you click the button, it simulates who's going to win the draft lottery. And I just clicked it 10 times and I got the Anaheim Ducks only twice, which I guess is how math works because they only have an 18% chance of winning the lottery. Nevertheless, the Anaheim Ducks have the best chance of winning the lottery tonight. By tomorrow morning, we'll already know who won the draft lottery. Let's pretend that the Anaheim Ducks have the first overall pick. They're not do you think no nope. <laughs> do you think there's a world nope where let's just pretend you're the Anaheim Ducks nope okay <laughs> and I am the Toronto Maple Leafs zero chance and I zero shot sir and I say I will give you Austin Matthews Mitch Marner William Nylander and Holland Oates goal song for the first overall pick nope nope you still would say no, even though it's Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. Yep, because there's all those contracts that you're only going to have probably for a year and a half, and then guys are going to go their separate ways. Yeah. but our, like, And especially for Anaheim, who has a f- young team with Zegris, Troy Terry. <laughs> they've got some good guys on the back end. And Bedard, they're building to something that collectively they all, can do. Also, <laughs> can I ask you a question? You're a GM. Yes. You watch this team the last X amount of years, and you, you're going to take that entire three, four out of the those guys and bring them onto your team and expect different results? I would also say no, but like, I mean, there's something to be said about, you know, market situation as well, right? Like in Anaheim, when they're going to be relatively unknown in comparison to be here, less pressure, they're probably maybe, you know, nicer weather, maybe it does something for them. Who knows? And you also have to consider that at least in the regular season, Austin Matthews is a proven commodity. He is a Rocket Richard winner. Uh, Mitch Marner scored almost 100 points this year. It's fantastic. Well, I'm I'm just saying, like, guy, you can sell this in a sense of like, here's all the points that these guys have scored over the past, you know, however many years have been in the league, and you get all three of them. And Matthews sure is only under contract for one more year, but you'll have two years of Mitch Marner, and you have a very friendly team deal on William Neeland. Oh, now it's a friendly and team deal. I'll even also throw in Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Justin Hall. <laughs> no, TJ Brody's the whole team. TJ Brody's not been the issue. Stop. No, no, no. I'm not saying oh. he's the issue. I'm just saying like no. what would it take to get that first overall? No, th- that's that's a player. You don't do that. Like there's there's no realm of even even if we go down the route of being legitimate armchair GMs to say what would it take and you say we'll give you Neelander a first round pick, Matthew Nyes, and somebody else, and that's there's, of substance. Yeah. There's They're not, not doing it. They're, they said that one um, scout said, you know, they didn't know it was going to happen. Like, then Crosby came along. You didn't know when the next one was going to come. And then McDavid came along. And now Bedard's come along. Like, th- these people only come once in a while. We're, we're very lucky to see McDavid and Bedard come relatively close together, like in, in the span of so many years into the league. But 
Um, I don't know. Bedard's potential is so much greater than any one of those players that I would not. Like I wouldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't pay. You could me argue Bedard's potentially going to be better than McDavid. Uh, yeah, there's a world where that's a possibility, right? So and, but there's also a world where there's a possibility where he's the first round bust. Yeah, this the he he's the closest thing he's he's as close as you're gonna get to a sure thing as you're ever gonna see. Yeah, I don't like. I don't, yeah, but I don't doubt that. I mean, the dude put up historical numbers in the W in an as an underager when he was there, and then this year just absolutely torched the WHL. In, 57 games this past season. Connor Bedard had 71 goals and 72 assists. Yeah, each shit. <laughs> 443 points. <laughs> yeah, he was literally Dude, almost his... a three-point-per-game player. Dude, look at his playoff. Look at his playoff stats. Uh, playoff stats, he played seven games in the playoffs, 10 goals, 10 assists, 20 points. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're not giving... Like, there's no realm. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if Edmonton was like, you know what? We'll give you McDavid for Bedard, and they say no. Dude, at the end of the day, that guy had 20 points in seven games in the playoffs. Our mans can't get zero, can't get one. <laughs> okay, so how about this? So we're saying absolutely impossible. Not happening with Anaheim. But... No other team's other- doing it. No other team's doing no. it. Stop it. It's not happening. There's other teams in no. the lottery. No. Okay, re- okay. Realistically, joking aside about Bedard and shit like that, what do we see okay, this team? Do you want to go through? Needs to be done? Do you want to go through I'll people's throw out a, tweets? I'll throw out a name. We'll we'll get to tweets in a second, but I'll throw out a name. You tell me if you expect to see them with the Maple Leafs next season. Okay. Brennan Shanahan. Yes. Yes. I think so. Yes, as well. Kyle Dubas. Yes. James, say it again. No. No. I am also thinking no. I think Kyle Dubas is done after this. I think I will Um, get in one of the tweets. Like there's a lot of chatter around it, but I think there's there's been some talk about some disagreements between the two of them. And I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Austin Matthews. Yes. Yes. If it was me, it would be no, but I think yes for this team. And Matt is oh, giving me a crazy look right now. I'm fucking no. done. No, I'm I with am you. Done I hear with what these you're assholes. saying. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I was the one at the beginning of this year saying, you know what? They played the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. The Lightning went on to the cup final. And the Lightning has been a really good team. They went to seven games with the Lightning. You know, puck bounces differently. It could have been a whole different story. And I believe that this crew could do it. I am done. I absolutely do not believe in them anymore. They're done. So if it was me, and I was a general manager of this team, Matthews is gone, Marner's gone, Nylander's gone, Tavares I would keep. But the main three, shipping them all out. Because Tavares I I would use as like a veteran guy to work with some of the young pieces I'm bringing in. I'm not expecting him to be a 100-point guy to lead us to the the playoffs. No, no. (laughs) I would be expecting him as a second, third-line center to mentor some of the young pieces I'd be bringing in. That's what I would do. I'll, yeah, I'll give you I, an example. I'll give you an example, though. Like, I agree with you, but I'll give you an example, and we'll wait till you get through all the, the guys. And just remember this, and we'll talk at the end. Colorado. And we'll talk at the end once you go through all your names. But remember that, because I want to get back to that. So most of us, not including me, believe Austin Matthews still be here. What about Mitch Marner? Yes. 
Maddie's on the fence. James thinks he will be. I think he will be too. I think it's also Honestly, possible think- the, the, the dude, I mean, he's been a Leaf fan since his life. What, what is the possibility he asked for a trade? Yeah, he's like, I can't do this. Get me out of here. Like, what if his he's like, I love it. It's heartbreaking, but it. I need to go. Yeah, who knows, right? And then I guess it's two more. Nylander? Nope. No. I honestly expect him to still be here. I, this is what I expect to happen. Nothing. I expect Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. We're running it back again. My gut's telling me. And they'll make small tweaks and adjustments to figure out how to fill their... They'll probably go with Wall as their starter. Do the same thing. They'll do the same thing and my, just recycle my the gut's bottom telling me. My gut's telling me that uh, Nylander could be a Winnipeg Jet, but... And okay. I, I actually had the same feeling for Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, interesting. But, okay. And then finally, the big one, John Tavares. Yes, days. but not long. He doesn't, they don't have a choice. Like no one's taking eleven million dollars, and they're not eating salary. So no, they'll they'll rope it island the shit out of him in the next year or two. Yeah, well, and then well, make him disappear. I guess that break depends if Matthews resigns a new contract or not. But then who becomes your captain? I honestly Morgan think Riley. at that point it would probably be Morgan Riley. But I I think out of all those guys, the most likely to stay is Matthews, mostly because I think. But you keep can, in mind, Matthews is on the last year of his deal. Right. But for everything known is he truly enjoys being here. I but, will, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that with Nylander, for what he does and what his contract is, you can get the most for him. And especially for a team that needs massive changeover like Winnipeg, that's why I think they're going to... Winnipeg is going to go through like a reset and they'll probably be able to get something for Hellebuck and I wouldn't be surprised if they do Nylander and something else and do it, get Connor Hellebuck here. Um, Marner, like I said, 50-50. I just think that a back-to-back Rocket Richard winner, yes, he didn't win it this year. Granted, he played hurt most of the year and, you know, rough start. You can't, at that point then, from the logic you're presenting, Washington would have moved on from Ovechkin way earlier. Yeah. And here's here's my thing. So back to Colorado. Remember when Colorado, they have all these guys, and then they went to the play, and then they stunk. And they stunk, and they drafted Kale McCarr, and then things turned around. So I don't – I mean, I'm not saying the Leafs are going to stink, but I do think there's a world where you can tinker with this roster and make it better. The way Colorado did without they didn't give up McKinnon, they didn't give up Rantanen, they didn't give up Landiscog. And to me, the McKinnon, Rantanen, Landiscog is the Matthews, Marner, Tavares. So, yeah, I just I just think that out of logically like taking emotion out of it and the anger that we've seen, I think, and we've said this before, Nylander is your best trade chip because of cost and benefit. I love that you guys are on this this train with me now <laughs> no i always i always said i like i love them to stay but if it makes sense that you're going to get something that's going to legitimately upgrade your team because you one you know you have nice coming who looks like he'll be a player like and a legitimately good one and giving you something that you don't have and then there's also guys that are going to be coming up in free agency that you may be able to get cheaper to do maybe a little less production than nylander but 
save you a little bit of money on the long end. But then what you're going to potentially do is upgrade on your back end with Hellebuck and having a legitimate number one goaltender that a guy who for the past three seasons has had to play 73 games just to get his team into the playoffs and is burnt out and he wouldn't have to do that here. Or like you said, like I, like and even like I posited before when when Matthew Kachuk was on on the table. Not only do you get someone doing, maybe you get somebody who's bringing the intangibles that this team is lacking into the fold, and that's what I think they need to do. They need to find a team who lacks scoring but has guys with intangibles, and we get we give up scoring because we have scoring and we get intangibles back. I feel like that's the balance that we're missing. Okay, so on the flip side. I'll list a name and you tell me a, a name of someone who's not currently on the Maple Leafs and you tell me if they'll be a Maple Leaf by the time the season starts. <laughs> Connor Bedard. No. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Okay, fine. How about this one? How about this one? Yeah. Dennis Mulgan. <laughs> Maybe. You really dude, you're you're cruising for it, aren't you? I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I don't I oh, would no. I would almost <laughs> say that I would Okay, how about this? Who has a better chance of being a Maple Leaf at the beginning of next season? Dennis Mulligan or Connor Bedard? Connor Bedard. <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> not a chance. That's Dennis Mulligan will wear blue and white one more time as, as assuming Kyle Dubas keeps his job. Uh-huh. Dennis Mulligan will wear blue and white at least one more time. That's as a Maple funny. Leaf or as a Tampa Bay Lightning included? Or Marley. Or <laughs> Marley, yeah. No. All right. So earlier today, James sent out a tweet asking the masses, asking you how you're feeling, how are you holding up? As clearly we're a little unhinged right now because of the roller coaster this team has put us on. It's been only and not down. just this year, uh, literally our entire fucking lives. James, can you give us some examples of some yeah. of the things that people have been saying? Okay. So, yeah. So we've got two different segments of this one we'll go through people's responses and then we'll go through some of the twitter reactions and then we'll comment on them after right and we'll rate those tweets whatever you want to do we'll re- we'll do the rating tweets after we'll do the re- responses now so i asked people you know assuming that the team is toast what are three things you would do to take the next step whether it be forward or backward um so uh dan uh, at game time snack on twitter says management change lineup change and leadership in the locker room and there's a tweet that we'll read later that actually ship in the locker room though. That's interesting. That right. one. Yeah, that one. There's a me. tweet. There's a tweet that we'll read. That's in the tweet list that I think alludes to that. And I think is very interesting, but I don't know. I don't know. Like those are very broad, but I don't know if I disagree. Well, here's, here's something that I, I find interesting. We all have a soft spot for John Tavares because he is a hometown guy because he chose to come here when the a pajamas. lot of times like, daytime free agents generally don't. The pajamas. The pajamas and the, the bed sheets, all that. Is he a good captain? Do we know the answer to that question? I don't know the answer to that question. We don't. It's hard to say. We're not in the room. We don't. Yeah. But again, there's a tweet. We'll, we'll discuss this in that tweet in the next part. The next... Uh, Response was from friend of the show at WWE Trivia, T.O. Uh, he says, play better in the playoffs. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that one's just Yeah, let's we'll just get our magic wand out and make that happen. Yeah. Uh, next one is from Adam Sequeira. Let's dry off quicker. 
<laughs> Adam Secord at Original Sin 33 says, number one, see who wants Matthews for a full year and what they're willing to trade you for that. Number two, same with Marner, but for two years. Number three, see if Tavares is willing to do the same. If not, build your young guys around him. Lose for years as Johnny C isn't a number one center anymore. Hope the return is good. I think that last one is kind of interesting. If you if you build with young players and tank and you have to sit on Tavares, you know, at least he's not expected to be a number one center. But everyone right, and forgets, that's what I was that's what I was saying too. But everyone forgets how quickly this team doesn't have a lot of draft capital for the next couple of years. They do not. And also what a lot of people are forgetting. Do you guys remember way back in the day? When Phil Kessel was on this team, fill the thrill, guys. All right. And how many motherfuckers that Good they one, cycled Randy. in and out to be his center? It was Bozak. It was whoever the fuck else. I don't remember who else. It just was. Bozak. It was really just, just him. Bozak. <laughs> <It was> just <laughs> Bozak. The complaint for so long was that, like, ever since Sundin left, they don't have a natural, a true number one center. Ever since Sundin left, they don't have a true number one center. They didn't solve that problem. Until they drafted Austin Matthews. Most teams don't. Most teams only get their number one center through the draft. They're very hard to to acquire. Look at the look at the Montreal Canadiens. They've been trying for years. Yeah, and let's be honest, Nick Suzuki's not a number one center. And Saku Koivu wasn't even that good to begin with, so There you go. It's been a very long time for them. He's serviceable, but yeah, like I wouldn't put him in the upper echelons of number one centers. No, last one all, but like that's the last huh. time you would think that they would yeah. have a number one, right? Um, what, Mike Ribeiro? Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, last Bonk? one we read. At Jays Fan 42049, Woke Jays Fan says, Fire Keefe and the entire front office. Trade one of Matthews or Marner before July 1st and take the summer to radically change this team. It will involve taking a step back in 2024, but that's how much work needs to be done. It's a big job that will take more than one year to do. And that's a good point. Matthews and Marner both have clauses about movement kicking in july 1st so oh you know i didn't even consider that i honestly think if gun gun to my head you make a choice i think marner's the one to go yeah i mean I'm, i'm gonna ask you guys this question now roll the roll the clock back to last summer and you have the opportunity to do marner for matthew kachuk one for one yeah I mean, I it's mean, a it's a back to back hundred point. I know guy. hindsight hindsight is twenty twenty, but yeah. No, well, I Chuck scored, Chuck scored more points in the regular yeah. season as well. Like he was a better all around player, not just in the playoffs, but in the regular season as well. Right. So yeah, there's never a world where I would say no to that. Yeah, I think they had the opportunity to do it and they balked. But again, we'll never know. I just, these are just gut feelings. Okay. Well, there's also like something to say about team chemistry, right? So if you look at, and I'm trying to defend like what the <laughs> thought process probably was if this thing came up to the Maple Leafs at the time, which I don't know if it did or it didn't. But if you think about it, if you're getting a player who is similar in quality, you probably don't even consider it because you would all, already say, well, no, we have Marner here. He works well with Matthews. They're good buddies. We have the chemistry here. There's no use to make this change. Kachuk and Matthews the, are good friends. But yeah, so yeah, they are. But this is the problem. You're thinking the way that's preventing this team from taking a step forward. 
and that there's something to be said. No, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain right. what the thought process oh, I'm not, is, what they yeah, were saying. I'm not saying you as in Dustin. I'm saying what you're explaining has been the problem for this team. Right. They, they refuse to put a price on intangibles on winning. For, for, well, no, or just the guys who are willing to do what it takes. Kachuk is a guy willing to do what it takes. You know, we've seen it. That's, that's bit, look at Calgary. That is the problem with that team. They got rid of all the guys that were the, the what it takes guys. Well, they didn't get rid of them. They wanted out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jokes, yeah true. <laughs> There's a um, difference, right? Like no, nothing's indicating that any of these guys want off this team. Right, like let's let's start True. with that because they have it. They have it great because everything they say goes. They wanted rid of Babcock, they got it. They wanted no dress code, they got it. They wanted music back, they got it. Everything. Well, they these got guys, the, they got the no dress code for like three weeks, and then, yeah, but they got it. Like the thing is, every time these guys kick a hissy fit, they get whatever they want. Why would they want no, to leave? I I agree, but like what I'm saying is is beyond that. I'm sure there's a lot of teams that we just don't see because one they don't have the coverage and two we're just not as involved with them as we are. But what I'm saying is is nothing anywhere ever has there ever been an indication where it's like the situation Matthew Kachuk had in Calgary. Although he went through it very respectfully, where a lot of guys historically haven't. Yep. You know, nothing has shown that any one of them has come close to saying, I want out of here it, with given all the pressure, all the comments that they've had to deal with. Like, let's be honest, you know, we can sit here and bitch and moan all we want, but we have to remember that at the end of the day, these dudes are human as well, that I wouldn't be so genuinely shocked if one of them at the end of last year was like, I'm out of here. I want to leave, but none of them did. They like, you know what? I love it here. And I, we just got to keep grinding. And I know we're sick of the platitudes and we're sick of the lip service. But at the same time is they could have been like, you know, it's frustrating and blah, blah, blah. And then you hear leaks of someone's asking out or whatever. So like, we got to keep that in mind too. Um, I, the one name Dustin, you didn't bring up is Sheldon Keefe. Oh, Um, do we think he'll be here? Me personally? No. Why? Because I think there's a name that just came up there that would actually be very good for this team in Gerard Gallant. I genuinely think he would be a perfect fit for this team. Look what he did with Vegas. He was great for the Rangers. They just decided to mutually part ways. If if Dubas goes, does Pridham go? I can't I can't see why he would, but I can I don't know how much I can say. But I so when the Raptors got let go of Nick Nurse, I think I don't know if a lot of people know how many people got let go. It wasn't just Nick Nurse. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So if there is a change with Dubis, I you could so his, probably assume he has most staff. of the front office is going. He has staff yeah. that goes with him that, that are his staff, right? right? It's like and it's same, not much like a head Keith, coach. Right? Like if Yeah. The assistants go usually, right? Depending on if they're his assistants or not or whatever. Yeah. No, I hear you. But I think that you will see names pop up in, you know, coaches that you didn't think were available are going to be available. Or, you know, like no one thought Gerard Gallant was going to be leaving New York this quick. And from everything we all know. Not even he did. (laughs) Right. Well, they mutually agreed to part ways. And everything we've known is that he's, and again, that could just, again, lip service. But... Guys like playing for him. Well, 
There's also another name out there that apparently has Joel interest Quenville? in peaking. Yeah, peaking back in the league is Mr. Joel Quenville. So, would you? No, <sighs> I think I would. I would. I would stay away from that whole situation altogether. I, you yeah. know what? It, it would be tough, especially in this market, because you think the intention, uh, the attention in Chicago was bad. Coming yeah. here after all of that shit would be rough. But and, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but the resume that dude brings of success, especially with high end players, is arguably second to none in this league. Yeah, Granted. I, I would stop to think about it. I would definitely have a long, hard... I'd be sitting in a chair with a scotch, and I'd be staring at a fire long and hard thinking <laughs> about it. Also, Daryl Sutter. No, absolutely not. No. I, yeah, I don't what about think. Jason Spezza? I think he'd be a great assistant. Yeah. You, you I think can't, you can't actually think he'd to crack right a GM. You know, someone who's been an assistant for a long time with the organization is Manny Malhotra. No. No. Because he's part of the same coaching culture yeah. that currently exists, right? I mean, but um, that's what happened with um, when Babcock got let go and they brought in Keefe just from the Marlies. Yeah, but oh. Keefe was always groomed as the successor from Dubas when he came in here, right? Like, it would he's that a was Sioux never, guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was also never the intention with Manny Maholtra saying, you're coming in here and that whenever Keefe goes, you, do you know what I mean? That the situation is drastically different. I, I think the two names that stick way out for like in the head are again Gallant as as of right now. Who knows when the season ends? Or Joel Quenville. Well, there's also one big name you're also forgetting that Mike Babcock coming back. <laughs> Unless he got a job recently, I, I'm not aware of it. But Bruce Boutros still out there, isn't he? Oh, yeah, Brucey. There's also another name that I thought of. It was just on the tip of my tongue, and I can't. Oh. Another name that we haven't seen in a while. I don't even know if he's with a team right now, but he always gets good like first three, four years and then just collapses. Alain Vignon. Oh, Vignon, yeah. Yeah. Right? So like everywhere he I like, goes. I like the Boudreaux one. I yeah, do. If, that, was, if I had to pick, I would go with Boudreaux. He's similar hmm. to Vigneault, though, though. When he comes into a team, they do really well yeah, for like the have, first three, four years. Three or then, four years to win. Yeah. Yeah. But, so. Okay, but if you think about it, if they keep the majority of this core together and maybe they retool a few things, what's the window for this team? Two more years? It depends. If Matthews resigns, you have a longer window. You do, but that also assumes that Marner resigns and Nylander uh, resigns. I think, I think that if you ship Nylander <laughs> out to get help in the goaltending like we had you know, hypothesized. Or different looks. Like it doesn't have to necessarily be a goaltender. It could be a second and a third liner that are going to contribute yep. more. Yeah. Honestly, I think for goaltending next year, Samsonov's an RFA. I bet they get him at a decent price, and they go with Wall as well. They'll go Samsonov Wall as your one-two. Shelgren is your backup. But they still have Matt Murray on the books. I oh, yeah, forgot about that. They'll have they to might buy him out, out somehow. They might buy him out. Yeah, and just I eat think it for when they years. buy, someone was saying on Twitter like, if you buy out Matt Murray. The Ottawa Senators get like $1.7 million in cap relief. <laughs> yeah. So this is that. Um, it's kind of funny. But, oh, here, okay. I just brought it out on Matt Murray buyout results. Uh-huh. Let me see. I think it's like 800 so he's currently He's currently due 4.6 in change next right. season. This which, is hard. This is hard to read. <laughs> you could think, just roll it to island him. You could just say he's hurt and he can't come back. Yeah. But I don't think his buyout is that expensive. I really don't. 
in terms of the cap penalty. There's a bio calculator. Yeah, bio calculator is awesome on cap on cap friendly. You can just type in anybody. But I don't know the way the buyouts work now. It's not as simple as it used to be. But they also have Pridham on the roster. Okay, and I'm sure you can figure it out. If you buy out Matt Murray and t- uh-huh. like at the end of the season, 2023 2024, you get a four million cap hit savings, right? And the Ottawa Senators get 1.3 million in cap hit savings. <laughs> now the on the hook, Leafs will be on the hook for six hundred eighty-seven thousand in cap, while the Sens will be on the hook for two hundred thirty thousand. Twenty twenty-four, twenty twenty-five, which is the only other year of the buyout, is two million dollar cap hit, and the Sens have a six hundred sixty-six thousand dollar cap hit. The man's getting bought out. I would not be surprised if he gets bought that out. That is you know that why? is a sweet, sweet deal. Well, think you're getting four million dollars, like. There, you can do a lot with that money. Yeah, and you're just you're paying two million against the cap the year after to to not be hampered by four this year. Deal or not, right. just, or but, not just that the cap's also probably going to go up a fair percent in that year. Sure. But that two million is probably only going to look like one. And keep in mind, you will most likely give Samsonov more than one point eight million dollars. Yeah, he'll probably anything get like you three. do save on Matt Murray is probably going into the pocket of uh, no. Well, he's Julius not making Samsonov. four. He'll, so. he'll make three. Yeah. Samsonov okay. will, will, will get three. And then you also have to think of it like this. Now, it, like if we're getting there, if we're going there, we also have to look at what the rest of the roster would look like without Nylander. That's seven. And then you get two guys, whether it's through free agency or trade, that are like $3 million each that are more depth pieces, but higher end depth pieces that you need. Then you got to think of whatever penalties there are for the Matthew Nye signing because I think there might be some kind of bonus trigger that might be a penalty or something. No, he didn't get any bonuses. Oh, he didn't. Okay, then no. it's fine. Yeah, but I I think that like the positives far away the negatives of buying out Matt Murray. Yeah, I agree. But also consider how many guys are UFA. So this team immediately will be losing Alex Kerfoot. That's three and uh, a half million. That's three and a half million. Ryan O'Reilly, 1.8. David Kampf, 1.5. Nola Chari, 1.25. Michael Bunting is a UFA, 950. He's not coming back. Wayne Simmons, 900. Aston Reese, 840. And then what you guys are probably uh, rejoicing about Justin, Justin Hall, two is and a no half. Longer under contract as of today because the Maple Leafs are eliminated. Um, <laughs> Two million dollars that will be saved. Luke Shen, eight fifty. Hopefully they bring him back. I honestly, if they were like, yo, come back for one more year at one point four million, I would do it. I would give Luke Shen every penny of that we save we every penny that the Maple Leafs save on Justin Hall. Just give offer him two point eight. No problem. But like and Eric, Eric Gustafson as well as a UFA. So there's a lot of pieces being this removed from this team with drastically UFAs. different again. Right, but I think a lot of those names outside of Bunting and O'Reilly and kind of 50-50 shot Achari. And Kerfoot. Yes and no. Like you can you can get the same production for less money. Sir for... Nick Robertson on one leg is more than No, because he can't even skate right now. Right. The dude's that's the what dude's I'm saying. Last. <laughs> that's what no, I'm saying. No, Kerfoot's played every game for like the past three years. But there were there were about thirty of them that you couldn't tell. 
Right, but you know what I mean. Like jokes aside, is that you can that three and a half million that Kerfoot gets, you can get the same production and the same playstyle and value from someone at one point eight to or 2. more 3. or more place potentially them. more. Yes, one hundred percent. The the big ones, the big ones that I think hurt the most, honestly, would be O'Reilly because what he brings is something that this team doesn't really have. And Achari, fuck Achari, Camp is gonna be a big one because he's. He does a lot for this team. Yeah, O'Reilly, Camp, and Achari account for like uh, three, four, almost like five million bucks between three of them. And you might need to spend five million bucks just to get Ryan O'Reilly back on this team. Yeah. yeah. Now, so. Achari, you can you can find a replacement for that. You can find a younger, hungry player. You can get him from another team. Like you're more worried about the specialist, like the David Camp or to some degree, Michael Bunting, just again, because he is productive. I just think that you might be able to get him on the cheaps because of how he's played and this year in terms of the extracurricular bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, let's get into these... Uh, ratings? Yeah, rating tweets. So, I don't know, Maddie. do you want to explain to Dustin who Chris Klein is? Okay, so Chris Klein is the dude who was the pretty boy lacrosse player in American Pie but who is a truly terrible actor. Like the dude, it's like, if you were to give a highlight reel of being like overacting in a scene, in every scene, it would be him. Okay, I, I think I remember the, the guy you're talking about. He had like almost a mushroom cut kind of thing, like yeah. jet black hair. Yeah, and yeah. I think the last movie he acted in was Street Fighter. And he was terrible in it. And I don't think he's acted in anything ever since. Like he's a bootleg fucking Jason David Frank. <laughs> but how many of those American Pie guys went on to do anything really, with the exception of like Here, uh, I, I any post, of them? I posted, <laughs> I posted, I posted a it. picture in the Discord, Dustin, and you'll yeah. see. Oh, I'm looking it up on IMDb right now. Okay, I'm there just you like, go. I'm looking at like the cast of American Pie. Stifler's like mom Diggs. is the most successful one. Yeah, Stifler. She's in White most... Lotus. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> yeah, and she's got another. She's in like the other show on Netflix. She's like she's super popular right now. She, she said that sick. after the American Pie movies, like, it went nuts for her. Yeah, she slept well, with, like, Eugene 400 Levy. young guys. Yeah, I forgot about Eugene Levy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, the Levy. one that, the funny side story about Jennifer Coolidge is she was talking about how there was, like, a 22-year-old she came across, and then it was, like, I was, like, hey, you live your best life after that. You do you. I think it's more like the 22-year-old came across you, am I right? Oh, <laughs> oh. All right. Wait, do we have one for that? <laughs> So hold on. How does this have to do with tweets? <laughs> so, okay, the rating go. is going to be the worse the take, the more clients you get. Yeah. Oh, so, I see. I see. So, right. so you'd be like, this is going to be like if someone has a really terrible take, you'd be like, that's like eight Chris Kleins out of ten. I got you. Right. All right. So, so the less Chris Kleins you have, the better. Yeah. So we're yeah. We're, we're saying all of these are it's bad. The, the Kleinometer. It's the Kleinometer. No. Where did you, you find have zero Klein, Zero Kleins is good. Okay. We just pulled, found... we pulled them from Twitter with the hashtag like Leafs Nation and Leafs Forever. Okay. To see... Perfect. That's that's the context I'm looking for. Yeah. All okay. Right. So we're, we're saying whether we agree with these takes or we don't. Got it? Got okay. it. Okay. Here we go. Because I'll tell you, Leafs Twitter, on fuego. <laughs> Fast. It's a cesspool. I, I looked at it for five minutes and I'm like, so, like I would say... Five percent are probably legitimately good takes. The rest yeah. are just. You gotta, off take, a the wall. gotta well, take a bath. I saw a horrible take 
from some clown on Twitter saying to trade Matthews, Martyr, Nylander, and the Hall of Notes goal song for the first overall pick. <laughs> oh, dude, I was like, that dude a, deserves a dick slap. What a nutty. <laughs> um, all right, first one. This is from Toronto Baghead, famous Twitter account. Um, says, I'll say it again. This is what you get when you send a group of boys who carry purses to the rink to do battle with bearded warriors. It's a broken record, and I'm tired of it. The speed and skill approach killed this rebuild. They're scared out there. Hashtag Leafs forever. Hashtag fire Dubas. Honestly, I hate to say it. I give that two Kleins out of 14. <laughs> out of 14? <laughs> Why 14? <laughs> Why not 14? <laughs> Whatever. Jonas right. Hoagland, because he was a terrible player. So yeah. I like, two clients out of four. Okay, why? Because it's it's legitimate. Like these guys are outside of you expect them to not be the hardest players, but at the you expect them to be harder in the playoffs. And I mean Matthews has thrown his weight around, like he has played physical, but and I was gonna bring this up in the Nylander aspect. There's times where that puck goes in and it's he coasts in there, letting the guy get to it first because he's like, I'm gonna try and outskill. Dude, you're one of the strongest dudes on the team. And that's not hyperbole. And that's not me just saying that. That's legitimate. Like everyone talks about how strong Nylander is. And he pussifies himself going into the fucking corner. So yes, it's two clients out of 14 and a half clients. Dustin? I'll give it five clients out of 11 clients. Because, so I'm a little more leaning towards this is a bit more clown show just because... I, I understand what he's trying to say, but the purse thing le- like kind of leans towards sexism. And that's where I'm like, mm, this Stop. is not the, the, I don't think this is the intent you meant with this, but that just kind of made me cringe a little bit. But I understand the point that this person is making that this team is not tough enough when it comes to the playoffs. They're incredibly skilled guys who can can fill the net with pucks in the regular season but when it comes to the playoffs when the playoff beards are grown they lack the testosterone to do it yeah uh i'm gonna give it one klein out of 56 uh there's there's no there's no like not like there's nothing here that there's no lie like no lies detected maury would be like you are not the fault like every it doesn't matter this guy has it bang on um when it comes to 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 this team like we we've seen it for years on years marner again it looks like he's seeing like sam darnold he's seeing ghosts out there it's just it's not it's not pretty so i'm giving it one out of 56 uh all right next one uh this is from at leafs guy seven i was all for arguing best player status this playoffs has stopped that Matthews and Marner are nowhere near the level of McDavid and Dreisaitl. Not even close. Dustin, you can go first on this one. I'm going to give it zero clients out of 10 clients. I thought the exact same, well, not the exact same thing, but I had a similar thought last night watching this game where when Matthews or Marner was on the ice, I was looking at them thinking, are these guys the best players on the ice right now and every time i asked myself that the answer was no they didn't look like they were game changers they didn't look like uh oh matthews has got on the ice something's gonna happen he's gonna put this team on his back he's gonna do everything i never got that impression every time they were out there they were just guys you know that tiktok that's going around of 
asking that dude, hey, what, what are you doing? <laughs> oh. He's like, what, me? Nothing. Stay here. Just hanging around. Hanging That's around. the exact feeling I get when those guys hit the ice. So yeah. bang on. When McDavid and Drysaddle are out there, you, especially McDavid, when McDavid is out there, he is hell bent on making something happen. Whereas I feel like Marner and Matthews are hell bent on just not being seen. Okay. Jim, you go next for this one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go the same. I'm going to do zero out of 10 for, for most, I take back a lot of the things that I had said about, uh, McDavid and, and dry saddle before. I think, you know, 13 goals in eight games for, it was for dry saddle, right? 13 and eight. Uh, they're, they're just on another level. And like you said, Dustin, you, you know, something's going to happen. And if it doesn't, you know, you're going to watch them try like you you just you you watch them and you're like these guys like it's all on the line like every shift everything's on the line for these two and i don't get that feeling from the others i don't and that's the kind of like when maddie was talking about top 10 players that's the kind of stuff when you watch a top 10 player you're saying you know that guy showed up every shift every situation making things happen not just in a period, the game, a series, like everything. And these guys, they're doing it, man. I give it one Klein out of six because I'm biased. And I just, I don't know. I look at them, I'm like, okay, great. But until they actually win a cup, you can't really say they've done anything either, right? So... I mean, I think w- sports is if we, if again Jim wants to talks about the motivation is winning and it doesn't really matter unless you win. It's this the same thing goes for them as they can do all of this and it, it be for naught and then lose to Vegas or they could lose in the Western Conference Final for all we know. So until they win, I can't definitively say with a hundred percent certainty that yes they're better. I would say that right now they're showing that they're currently better, but winning is winning. And until they win and deliver, they don't get a zero climb from me. Next one is from Jeff Vayette. Um, he says, the team Toronto are losing to has $37 million in their top four, as did the team they beat. Edmonton has 36.25. Vegas has 28.3 in their top three. It's no longer a rarity that people think it is, and it's only getting more common. If there's an issue with the core, it's recent play, not their AAV, which is annual average value or average annual value. So basically what he's saying is the argument for $40 million in the top four is not a good enough argument anymore. It's the fact that they're just not good enough. Like basically the salary cap argument that you're allocating that much money there isn't, isn't an argument. It's not valid, yeah. You go first then, because we've each gone first so far. I'm going to give it two clients out of ten. And I, the reason I think this is valid is the, the comparisons are good comparisons. There, there are teams that have guys. I mean, you look at a guy like Mark Stone in Vegas, hell-bent on doing whatever it takes to win. Uh, you look at a, a guy Stone like... Sorry? I'd love a Mark Stone on this team. <laughs> Uh, you look at Tampa. We we know we know what Tampa's about, and and their their play. We know, you know, we just talked about Edmonton. I don't think 
what they get paid in relation to the rest of the team, you know, at the end of the day, these guys, if they provide what they're supposed to provide, then everything will, will take care of itself. Dustin? Zero clients out of 99 clients. <laughs> I 100% agree. Because if you think about it this way, what would you add to this Maple Leafs team right now if you had extra cap space? Would you add maybe a better goaltender? Okay, but who and how and why? And even then, they're already spending $6 million on goaltending between Samsonov and Murray. So it's not like the budget is out of whack. And it's not like there isn't players that they added to this team at the trade deadline by being cash-strapped and saying, oh, shit, you know what? If only we had an extra $5 million, we could have got whoever. No. They fucking added Ryan O'Reilly. They added Luke Shen. They added Nolachari. They added Sam Lafferty. Jake they McCabe. added and added and added. And like it, it goes on and on and on. Extra cap space or paying Matthews or Marner or Nylander or Tavares less wouldn't make this team better. Replacing Matthews, Marner, Nylander will make this team better. Okay. I would give it... <clears throat> yeah, I'd probably give it one client out of, out of three because... Again, I think, yes, it's no longer an argument, but I think the argument isn't necessarily about how that in the four guys spending that much money. I think the argument's more of how that money is allocated, really. Um, I think in terms of strictly forwards, probably not good. Um, probably could have spread it out a little better. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard. it's hard to disagree with it, but I think that as when you get into the nuance and a little bit of the minutia of it, then you can maybe start picking some holes in it. But yeah, one out of three clients. Next, uh, a very divisive individual, Curtis from Alberta at LeafGuy403. Um, he's the super fan that has the incredible Leaf collection in his basement. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's awesome. Um, he says, and I have to actually click out of this one. I, is he the guy on TikTok who has like a vending machine? And I think so, yeah. And he always wears the helmet right and the cape? Yes, exactly. Yes. He says, seriously though, if the Panthers can win three straight against Boston and three straight against the Leafs, why is there zero chance the Leafs can win four straight against the Panthers? I genuinely believe we have a better team than Florida. I still believe. This isn't over. The Buds need that sixth man with them, who uh, though, which is Leafs Nation. The big boys will show up in the show up big in the next four games one game at a time hashtag leafs forever at maple leafs i'm giving that zero clients out of 1500 i'm i'm sorry i sports we know is romantic sports we know is irrational sports we know as much as we want to say the numbers don't lie i mean how many times have we watched games or been around to see plays or see games or see moments that have defied all logic and metrics and mathematics? We can all call up plenty of stories. So, yes, 
I'm saying I I still I still have faith that they could even draw this to seven, maybe not necessarily win it, but is is it possible? Yes. Is it I wouldn't even put it as far as saying it's unlikely because there's something to be said about a Florida team similar to what the Leafs were previous years. The fourth one they always say is the hardest, and all it takes is game by game. They win one, you put some doubt in their head. You dummy them on the second, they start getting nervous. So I I yeah. I I kind of I'm kind of with them. I give this four clines out of four. This is <laughs> delusion at its <laughs> finest. And I'm going with four clines because it's going to be four games in a row that the Panthers win to sweep the Maple Leafs. The Leafs will not win a game in this series. Do you want to bet on they it? They have they have proved yes, I will. They okay. have proven time and time again that they cannot get it done. Now, to be fair, I appreciate this man. I appreciate the passion. I appreciate his unwavering delusion and his faith <laughs> in this team. I wish I was as delusional as he is. I honestly wish him and I were sharing the same Kool-Aid, but I'm just not anymore. I just can't. And if you look at it, the last time the Leafs lost three games in a row was October fucking 30th. So you have to at least believe that it's possible the Maple Leafs will win game four, even though they've shown absolutely zero fight and zero indication that they will win a game. And even though Joseph Wall will probably start in game four. Given all those things, I understand it's not impossible they win game four. But then they have to go back to Toronto, where they have been dog shit this entire playoff. <laughs> they and they're going to win a game in Toronto? Dog while listen to fucking Hall and Oates every time they score a goal? Just to make sure no one is hyped? And no one is happy anytime a goal scores? We're going to play fucking Hall and Oates? They have to win a game then in Toronto. Then they have to go back to Florida and win another game in Florida, which they have yet to do now, at least in terms of this, uh, this round. And they have to go back to Toronto again and win another game in Toronto, even though they've been horseshit in Toronto this entire playoff, not just this series. Okay. I appreciate this man. I, I wish I believed like he did. I love this team just as much as anyone else. But at the same time, sometimes... I don't know if I've used this analogy before, but the Maple Leafs are kind of like that drunk uncle who's always in and out of rehab. And you still love your uncle. But sometimes he fucks up and needs to go to rehab. <laughs> and it's not helping anyone by saying, no, 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 he's okay. It's, he's just tired. He's just a little <laughs> sleepy right now. You're not helping him and you're not helping the family. Sometimes you need to tell your uncle to go to rehab. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it five or 50 out of a hundred, which is reduced to five out of 10 clients. If we're doing math at home, uh, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm kind of in between the both of you. I think like I'm with Maddie. Like it's not, listen, it's not over till it's over. You can't say that up three, two, if you're going to you can't say that down. zero and three. So you gotta, you gotta balance both ends of the scale there. So it's not over till it's over. However, I mean, we just spoke a hundred, like the past hour and 40 minutes about how it's over. I know. You spoke I mean, about how officially, it's over. No. I mean, do I think it's over? Yeah. I mean, we made the jokes about okay. Panthers in three, right? So <clears throat> is it, it's not officially over. And Matt's right. We've seen some 
crazy things happen in sports that defy logic, space, time, quantum physics, whatever. However, those were the exceptions, not the rules, I think. And, and in the ratio of the times that those happened versus the, the miracles not happening are much larger. If you give me the field, I'm taking the field on this one. I just, they've indicated nothing up until now. And now they've got to do it four games. I don't know, man. Like I said, they have to they have to start winning shift to shift, not even worrying about game to game. And I don't know that they can do that. So five Let me out ask of ten. Who's to say the Leafs aren't the exception that proves the rule? The, the... <laughs> game seven, if required, which it won't be. Game seven, if required, will be played on Tuesday, May sixteenth. So my question to you guys is. One week from today, when we gather around these microphones and we do our next episode of this show, are we talking about the Leafs going to Game 7? Are we doing a percentage on this or just a yes or no? Yes or no? I'm, I'm going to say, well, I'm going to do percentage. I'm going to say 30% say yes. I'm going to say 67% yes. Homer. I'm going to say 0% yes, because the series is over on Wednesday. All right, okay. we've, we've got two more. Let's, uh, two let's more. bounce okay. through them. Um, this one uh, from uh, Paisano Romano, at Paisano Romano on Twitter. Shanahan has been noticeably absent for a while. We've seen even Larry Tannenbaum make appearance these playoffs. Some media have alluded to a rift in the upper management. Frankly, I wouldn't miss Shanahan if he were let go. I would keep Dubas over Shanahan without hesitation. Oof. Dustin goes first because he's he's salivating on this one. I feel like I'm gonna say three clines out of ten clines. So I don't entirely disagree, but at the same time, how much do you ever see Brendan Shanahan? Like even during the regular season, like I don't think I think the point of having Kyle Dubas. And so Dubas is the one who handles the front-facing media availability. Shanahan is not there to talk to the media every day. That's what Dubas is for. I so, think people get spoiled with Ujiri always being in front of the media versus Bobby Webster. Yeah. And, per, yeah. and you know, it's the opposite for them, right? Whereas yeah. Bobby Webster, you yeah. never see in front of the media. Rarely. I shouldn't say never. You, you rarely see Bobby Webster, but it's always Masai who's the one handling the media. And that just might be the way they've divided their work. So... I don't necessarily think there's a divide between Shanahan and Dubas. I know a lot of people think there may be, but I don't think that's a big issue. But I, I, I can see where this person is coming from based on the optics of what is presented in front of them. What did you, was yours three out of 10? Three out of 10. So I, I can see where he's coming from, but I don't think it's a big deal. I'm going to go, go two clients out of 10. And the reason is I don't know that I keep Dubis over Shanahan. I don't like we've only seen two tenures uh, in Shanahan. One was Lou, who took off, and then Kyle. Now, do we do we call Shanahan's commitment to Kyle over this? Like he didn't get a contract renewal. I think this is his original contract. Is it not? Mm-hmm. Dubis, yeah. Dubis, right? Yeah. So I, think I don't. So. I mean, again. The guys, like, for all the criticisms I've given Kyle Dubas, it's not been 
you know, he isn't batting 112, right? Like he's he's made some solid moves and gotten out of some really tough situations. Uh, unfortunately, it's cost us draft capital, but I just I don't think I I've, I think you need. To me, I find it hard to believe that Brendan Shanahan isn't sitting there freaking out that we're not building a team of Brendan Shanahan's. Like, I just, I find it really hard to believe. I think he has trust in Kyle. I, I feel like there's something to the fact that they have a different belief about these things. Sometimes I wonder if that's why Spezza's an advisor, uh, because I think Spezza knows something about that kind of stuff, but... So that's why I'm going with three, no, two out of ten, Kleins. So it was, you'd keep Dubas over Shanahan, right? I give it four Kleins and a terrible singing act in American Pie out of 13 Kleins. Because I think where... I think Dubas has done a lot to not just sit back and say, well, this is it, this is it, this is it. Where he got called out a lot for being the analytics guys, that he made the changes that everyone screamed needed to be done year after year after year. He's gone in and brought in guys. He's done everything he can. And at some point, you have to say, he's literally done everything possible as the GM to support this team. And he's gone out of his way to not just sit back and be like a Kevin Shevel day off and just so nervous at any deadline or in the off season to do anything that he just kind of sits on his thumbs and play tickles his ball sack. So like, I think it's tough to say, but again, that's given the information we have behind closed doors, who knows what's going on. Right. So, and I think we maybe have 5% of the information in front of us. So yeah, I, I think as of right now, just with everything we've seen, you would have to say you would keep Dubas because you don't hear or see from Shani. So you don't know what he's doing or what his mindset is. So that's kind of where I'd be with it. All right. And last one was a write-in from Maddie, last-minute drop-in, from one Corey Landsberg. I think y'all know and your Corey relation Landsberg. to Michael? Yes, yeah, I think, believe it's son of Michael, right? Yeah, I believe uh, it's, a, I believe, is it? potentially his son that is right yeah it is says i honestly feel bad for kyle dubas he staked his career on matthews marner nylander and tavares and this was the effort they thought was appropriate to repay his loyalty hashtag leaves forever now i'm gonna add an addendum to that not just repay his loyalty but repay his loyalty in dubas's contract year go zero clients out of 1557 eight clients <laughs> like it's true like he's he's year in and year out said i believe in these guys i believe in these guys i'm willing to stake my career on these guys i'm i feel fully confident going into this contract year in these guys and instead of being like yo this guy's willing to put it all on the line for us and then like i said at the deadline and leading up to the deadline doing everything he can to be like this is what you guys have needed this is what you guys I'm sure have asked for. Like when we talk being like, what do you think is missing? This is everything I've been told from the people around me that they think this team's missing. And I've gone out and delivered what you guys either need or want. And yeah, like you got to feel bad for the guy because 
he's literally gone all in. And this is the kind of effort that they've displayed to him. And this is the kind of effort that they give they've given. Like if the Leafs were down three nothing, but every night they're playing their asses off, it's been three straight overtime games. I don't think we're this pissed off. I don't think we're this annoyed. But the fact is, is like I would say two out of the three games they've mailed it in. Like, and not the whole team, but the main players, it's it's disrespectful. It's it's disgusting. It's annoying. I'm going to give it five clients out of 91 clients. So here are five players out of John Tavares is 91. (laughs) Um, I don't necessarily feel bad for Kyle Dubas because I think Kyle Dubas, if you look at it objectively, I don't think he's done anything wrong. I don't think like in building this team and the way it's constituted and the way it's developed, you, you can't tell me if you go back to that draft, you wouldn't take Austin Matthews first overall. Of course you would have. Of course. You wouldn't probably- take Mitch Martin when you did. Of course you would have. You wouldn't take Willie Neal. Of course you would have. Like these are the best players available and he got the best players available. In some cases with Nylander, there's plenty of guys that we were probably looking at saying, oh, oh shit, I wish it wasn't even taken, his like- draft. Yeah. Oh, okay, fine. Fair enough. Let's, let's, uh, maybe not Neilander, but Marner, Matthews, and signing John Tavares. All those things seem like the right move at the right time. And I don't think Kyle Dubas is going to take an ounce of blame in terms of if he gets let go and he hits the market looking for a new job and He'll there's a team that needs a general quick. manager, they are jumping at oh, Kyle 100%. Dubas. 100%, 100% jumping at him. So I don't feel bad for him in that sense. I would agree that these guys probably should have a bit more like pride in what they do, considering what Kyle has done for them. Loyalty but, to him, right? Yeah. So I agree in that sense. But at the same time, I think Kyle's going to be 100% fine if he gets let go. I'm going to give it three and a half clients out of 20 for... Most of the similar reasons, but at the end of the day, look, you you know, you bet on these horses. I think it took him too long to, like, I think he was too stubborn about his approach to the game, which I think we can all say now, incorrect. Like, his initial approach to how he was going to build a team was incorrect. No team has ever just won on speed and skill. And to this day, no team has has won on just speed and skill, despite what he believed. Um, I think he mis misrepresented, mis uh, misestimated or underestimated. Sorry, character. Uh, I think he bet on the horse. He doubled down on the same horse that kept finishing fifth in a ten horse race. That one day that horse is going to pull it through. It's like, Kyle, that, that horse's leg is busted. No, nope. doubling down, running it back. And I think, you know, I think he missed an opportunity after Montreal to make significant changes to this team that might have changed the landscape, big picture, and now we're paying for it. Uh, we, as in the fan base and, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, I, don't, I, I feel bad in the sense that he showed these guys loyalty and they fucked them over. 
Uh, I don't feel bad for whatever happens. Like you said, he's going to be employed. Uh, if I were to, to gauge his GMness, I would say he, like his win loss record as a GM, I feel like it would be like a seven and five, you know, he's like the New York jets, uh, of the, uh, in terms of a record as a GM, that's what it feels like. So yeah, I don't know if I feel bad, but three and a half out of 20. All right. And before we move on, I just want to get everyone's final thoughts on this I know we spent like two hours on it but let's see if you can sum up your thoughts about this Maple Leafs team in like 30 seconds or so Maddie we'll start with you uh I honestly just disappointed hurt kind of disgusted still kind of optimistic it's like a whole conflict of like different feelings but realistically it's just I would say yeah like it's just disappointment and how else can you put it right there was it seems like every year there's more and more hype and it feels like every year there's more and more opportunity or things that make you think they will go further or past where they are. And it's just, they just let you down. So, I mean, apathetic too. So, <laughs> yeah. I think there is, I think the series is over. I don't think there's a chance the Leafs win this series. I would love for them to. I would love for them to prove me wrong and come back and win this in seven and go on to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, I literally right now have a fan duel bet of the Maple Leafs are, I, that I placed at the beginning of the playoffs of the Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup this year. I would like for the Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think for a second it's going to happen. And when it doesn't happen, I don't want to see Kyle Dubas get fired. I don't want to see Sheldon Keefe get fired. I don't want to see Matthews and Marner and Nylander and everyone shipped away. But I think it might be necessary if they end up getting swept by a fucking wildcard team. I feel like that wrestling fan that sits after 20 years of the same John Cena matches going, same old shit, same old shit. That's what I I feel like. Uh, you're right. I feel the similar. I feel like I don't want to necessarily see the changes. I just can't believe in the... Like, this is the opposite of Joel Embiid and trust the process. This is, I, I don't trust the process anymore. I don't. Um, and even the process had moves. Like they brought in James Hart. Like they made significant changes to that roster. They got rid of Ben Simmons because it wasn't working. Actually, that's a perfect analogy. The Philadelphia 76ers had the guys that they banked on and they weren't performing. So they shipped one out and got another one in. And that's what the Leafs need to do. You know, and again, I'm, I know Harden doesn't score any points in a game that he goes off for 100. But at the end of the day, you know, changes were made and it, they're paying off. So I think the team needs a culture shock. I think they need to know that they're not safe all the time. And I think, you know, maybe it's just time for a new perspective on how to build the team. Um, and we'll see. All right, with that, it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right, it's everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is a segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from his WWE run from 2001 to 2001. Ironically, now, winner of Tough Enough, which the Leafs are not. <laughs> That's a good point. The winner of Tough Enough. And 
another reason why we do this uh, segment is so we can end on a high note, considering we have been very negative for the past hour and a half, pretty much. So I'll go first. My shout out goes to Bad Bunny for having the most boss entrance you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> on Saturday night when that man came to the ring and 17,000 people singing in Spanish a song that he wrote himself. And man, these people were hyped. Like when that's the, they popped at the sound of the song starting because I bet they were all like wondering like, okay, what song is it going to be? What song is it going to be? And he pulls out some single from 2017 and everyone lost their mind and started singing along. And that drone shot, like zipping all around him and showing the crowd and with the, the kendo stick in his hand, this dude looked like a star. And obviously he is, <laughs> he's bad bunny. He's one of the, the most streamed artists in the world, according to the ring announcer. Um, <laughs> it was really cool. And I hope WWE does more stuff like this to make it just more fun. Cause that's what it should be. Wrestling should be as Jim Cornette would hate me for saying this, but wrestling should be fun. Yes. And what I mean by that, it should be entertaining. And that was a really cool sight to see. Me? Yep. Okay. Um, I like really didn't have one and I kind of thought of this throughout the show. And it was more because I was just checking up odds as we talked about it too. And, you know, likely potential landing spots for Connor Bedard. So my shout out is to Connor Bedard. Why? Because there's a good chance he's going to have to go to Columbus and wallow there for at least five years <laughs> before he can get the fuck out. So he's going to need some positivity. So hopefully he goes to Anaheim because I actually think it'd be legitimately cool if he went to Anaheim. I think it'd be a perfect landing spot for him. Hey man, if not, hmm? they got Disneyland in Anaheim. There you go. But I just think too, like it's a, they've already got good pieces there that he could grow with them. But man, Columbus, Arizona, even Chicago, boy, that's rough. So that'd be crazy though. If he does go to Anaheim, if you think about Anaheim having him and Shohei Otani, yeah. right? Anaheim would just from like a marketing ducks, perspective. It's a cool thing to have. The ducks would yeah. need to rebrand entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be a perfect opportunity for that franchise, though, to, yeah, go through rebranding, to do a lot of shit, kick it up. Like, yeah. But yeah, I feel like he's going to need the positivity because he could go to Columbus where careers go to die. My shout out is to, well, I put these videos in the other Discord chat, but it's to James Harden. Um, because in February, he apparently promised Michigan State shooting survivor John Howe that when Howe was well enough, he would pay for him to attend a game. And I guess that uh, he was at the 76ers game, um, and Harden was very much all about ensuring John had a, a great time. And even, you know, after the game, he the first thing he did was look for John uh, and make sure, like, you know, they established their relationship and you know he was good and had a, i'm guessing had a good time whatever it just you know it, like i think sometimes we we should talk harden because he's kind of like a lazy <laughs> basketball player at times but it's things like this that remind you like maddie said earlier that a lot like the 95 of these guys are, are dudes and good people and i imagine that regardless of, of harden's basketball tendencies i mean stuff like this shows you that i think that even the quote there says bigger than basketball i think he he understands that some things are bigger than basketball and i think this is one of them so i thought it was really cool so and i've never to be honest i was never really kind of sure what kind of person harden was but this sounds like something he had no business doing or didn't have to do and it was really cool so shout out to james harden and an honorable mention to nikola Jokic, Jokic for 
for giving the owner of the Suns that shove after this Suns owner got involved, which we should talk There's about no next discipline. week. It I don't like that, that shit. Happened. Don't put yeah. yourself in the fire. You don't want to get burned. Yeah. You want to insert yourself with big men. You expect to get your ass kicked by a big man. Yes. And shout out to all of you for downloading this episode, for subscribing, for interacting with us on social media when we asked for a whole bunch of feelings today. A bunch of you did reach out to James's uh, Twitter account. And thank you for all of that. We do appreciate it. Tell all your friends about how great this show is. We, <laughs> we greatly appreciate that. Uh, and until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry.